1: And if you're listening and appreciating the show, we would love it if you would share it with your friends and family and even add a review for us on whatever podcasting platform you're using, because your support really makes a difference.
2: So this past week, we've added some really awesome and fun ideas to our fan club, which include, we have a bunch of them.
1: Yeah, we do. Uh, One of them is actually an extended conversation with Ron and Joanna from last week. The Homesteaders, they were able to stay on with us for an extra 30 or 45 minutes. And Ron made a comment a couple of times about some of the important things he had wanted to fit in on the show itself. Actually wound up in the extended conversation. So was so grateful to be able to do that. And that is in our fan club for you.
2: And he sent us some amazing visuals, uh, some videos and pictures, basically a tour of their homesteading life that includes photos and building their home and gardens and the forest fire that they survived and some of the, the amazing adventures that they've been able to go on because they were, you know, free to do so. It was, it yeah. was a, a, such a great interview. So if you, if you didn't have a chance to, uh, to catch that episode, be sure to check it out.
1: And we also added a little mini concert that Uncle Mark was able to do for an elementary school in Canada. We got that recorded. It's about a half an hour, just a little mini concert. It was way fun. The kids loved it. We've gotten lots of great feedback. So it's in the fan club as well for you, too.
2: And we're looking forward to doing more of those. That was really an awesome experience to be able to do. So, um, but uh, on the. Back on the fan club page, and and fan again means F A N is is our family action networking group, right? Okay, and so uh, creating and producing the show isn't free, and offering these great you know bonuses and and building the fan club is one of the ways that we're able to actually stay on the air and continue to offer the content that makes a difference. So please visit riseandshineasone.com dot and click on the fan club to learn more.
1: And speaking of fun ways to keep the show on the air, this coming Thursday, June twenty fifth, uh, Uncle Mark is doing a public concert. He's going to be sharing lots of his original music from both of his CDs and even a couple that are not on a CD yet. Tickets are only ten dollars, and that is actually for the whole family, not just per person. So if you, if you, and if you can't make the time for any reason. Go ahead and get a ticket anyway because those with tickets will also get a replay link and that information is available also at riseandshineas onecom and you just click on the online concert to learn more and i am so excited Today, because we have one of my dear friends, Christine Green, with us. I'm sure I'm only a little biased when I talk about how much she has to offer us all, because I think I've known her, what is it, about 10 years now? And I was honored to have been her author coach as well on her first book. So I'm sure no bias here. (laughs) (laughs)
2: No, not at all. Christine has a background in business, education, and spiritual studies. And she's a master's in religious studies and has developed a number of teleseminars, workshops, and retreats, providing participants with tools and practices to expand their awareness and to become and to overcome life's obstacles. She's also an author. She has written three books Anatomy of Caring, an authentic spirituality, Caregivers Journal, and as an acted as as a facilitator, a speaker, a minister, spiritual mentor. She's been busy, basically. Christine (laughs) finds her inspiration in empowering women to grow beyond their limitations and discover their inner strengths and amazing courage. She currently serves as assistant minister at New Thought Center for Spiritual Living. Welcome, Christine.
3: Welcome. Thank you so much.
2: It's great to be with you. Oh, it's so awesome to have you on. This is
1: so I know today we're here to really talk about grief itself. I mean right now there's so many transitions and changes happening in the world and we we really felt that this would be an important piece of helping all of us create a a new normal because grief is part of transition and so we're really so grateful to have you here to help us talk about this. And I know from, I mean, so many times, grief can be such a difficult emotion to be in or even hold space for. So I'm curious, what got you into doing this kind of work and what keeps you going, Christine? Oh, thank you, Lori. Thanks for the great introduction.
3: And it's just a joy to be here with you both. Gosh, I have to go back. Um, one of my first relationships I was in, I was dating someone, and everything was great, and until we moved in together, and then uh, <laughs> anyone ever had that experience? Before? Oh, you're <laughs> And then <That's> reality. <laughs> I he said I was complaining a lot, and I <sighs> blamed him for everything. He was the source of everything going wrong, oh. and. One day he was very kind and he said, there's a workshop going on at the church and I was wondering if you would like to take it and I'd be happy to pay for it. And I said, sure, a free workshop, yeah, I'll take it. And it changed my life because I saw that I was in the place of blaming and not taking responsibility for what I did and being a victim and all of that. And I, in the workshop just opened my heart. It opened my mind to what I was thinking, what I was saying, what I was seeing. And then I just started doing this work. I started, I studied, I became a prayer counselor. I started counseling. Um, it's the thing that it's where my passion is because so many of us walk around not knowing why we're upset. We don't know what is what is really the problem going on. And it's easy to blame everybody else. Hmm. It's easy to put that out on everybody else. And so the more we can be responsible and aware, the more power we have and the more empowered we are.
2: I love the, um, the description I heard a few years ago of the word blame, that it actually defines itself in the word it's just spelled be lame yes you know it's it's like that's and it just says so much you know i mean if we're if we're pointing those three those that one finger out there it's it's really hard to remember that there's three of them pointing right back the opposite direction you know
3: exactly (laughs) exactly
2: yeah that's very solid foundation for your work sounds like. But when, you're, so when we're when we're talking about grief, though, I mean, most for most of us, we think it's obvious. But you know, crying and feeling depressed. But does grief always show up in the same ways?
3: No, no. And so the reason I, I brought up that my background and what was important to me was mindfulness. And mindfulness is being aware. And so what happens when we're aware, when I'm aware of these things, I can be conscious of what's happening in my life. And grief is about being mindful of what I'm feeling, of what I'm thinking. And so grief can show up as sadness, depression, confusion, um, all kinds of ways. And let's look at what's going on right now. This is the best example. We're in this pandemic. Um, Mother Nature just gave us a big timeout, sent us all to our rooms and said-
2: <laughs> That is such a great Go think way. about it.
3: <laughs> you stay here, think about uh, oh. greed, think about how disrespectful we've all been, think about how we haven't taken care of the planet. You stay there until I'm ready to let you out and you think about this. Wow. Overnight, our lives changed. We were just minding our own business, doing our thing, and suddenly we're all captive at home. We we st- work at home, exercise at home. Uh, our kids go to school at home. We eat at home, which is... Really hard when you're used to going out, um, mm-hmm. can't see our friends. all these things change. And so what happened for a lot of people is we went into grief, but we didn't know it because mm-hmm. we're too busy coping with this pandemic and the fear of what's going to happen, not only what's going to happen out there, but the fear for ourselves, for our our health, our well-being, the health of our friends and family. So all of this going on, and we've been in this place of grief. And so the more we can understand that, the more we can begin to move out of
2: it. Absolutely.
1: And in my experience, I don't know if you've seen this in your work as well, but sometimes even anger or just checking out, I guess, has, has been other ways that, at least for me personally, grief has sometimes shown up and... And I know there's so many people, too, that are, you know, not just having been sent home, uh, but losing jobs. And, you know, there's ripple effects from those that they're going to have to manage for who knows how long. I mean, it's just it's an immense transition. Our pretty much entire planet is going through at the same time, which is just astounding to me, um, to be honest. And... But I'm also seeing, you know, every once in a while there's, there's a, you know, you see somebody's wedding or a little, you know, something positive going on too. So just as a way to kind of understand grief, I guess, more, is it always associated with events that we might feel as negative or does grief just come as part of transition of any kind? I mean, how can you provide context?
3: Great question, Lori. And it does come with all kinds of things. We're talking about grief, the loss of our connection, the loss of being able to connect with people, the loss of our jobs that you mentioned. That's a really huge thing. So many people, millions of people that lost their jobs. Mm-hmm. People have lost their homes. People have lost um, all kinds of things. So no, grief is like anytime time there's some kind of change or shift, or transition. And the best way to move through it is we have to acknowledge where we're at. Mm -hmm. So we begin to first by acknowledging, I'm really sad and upset that I've lost this. I've lost this ability. I've lost this gift. I lost my, my income. I've lost my well-being. So we acknowledge that first. And when we're able to acknowledge it, Then we're able to take steps to feel our feelings. You can't jump over grief. Mm -hmm. You can't sidestep it. You have to go through it. Okay. And so the more you can acknowledge it, the more you can be with it. Then you begin, you can go through
2: it. So and are there are there phases that you've seen in your work that that like like specific patterns that that everyone kind of goes through that are similar that that maybe you can can
1: what to expect can I mean I've heard
2: I, I've heard of the uh the grieving process uh, referred to so I don't know is there something uh, that you're familiar with that's that's correlate to that
3: yeah wouldn't it be great if there was a process <laughs> and we knew okay I'm in this and then I'm going to be in this and then I'm going to be in this there isn't any mm. there's there's people have studied that there's different ways we go through it there's that we go through anger we go through denial
4: we
2: right. go
3: through sadness so we go through these different things but no two people uh-huh. go through it alike
2: right um, okay
3: i learned a lot about grief when my husband passed away uh, from cancer and dealing with my grief then the grief was long because it started when with his illness And his illness progressed over over three years of being being a caregiver and watching him go through that process. So that grief, I got to learn a lot about myself. And then I got to study it and be with other people with it and see that there is no one way. Everybody's going to go through it differently. And the most important thing we can do is just say, I'm sad. I'm frustrated. I'm confused, and to reach out to to have a friend. I had a friend that called me every couple weeks, and she said, "Say, I'm going to the uh, some kind of antique store. Do you want to come with me?" Hmm. There was no way I could go with her. I said, "No." A couple weeks later, "Hey, I'm going um, out to the country, and I'm going to stop and have lunch. Do you want to go with me?" I said no for months before she finally, uh, I was ready. And I'm so grateful because wow. she asked me continually. She didn't take it mm-hmm. as a
4: mm-hmm.
3: uh, rejection. She mm-hmm. just said, okay, I'll ask you again. And just kept asking till I was finally in the place where I could go. And I went and it was just so loving to be with somebody and to go do something. And I got out of my grief bubble. I got out of it and was able to go be in love, in the presence of love.
2: Well, I mean, but couldn't you say that that was a phase or a process that you, you had to go through to be willing or, or receptive to, you know, to external energies, basically? It's like, it's, well, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of the, of the, what I've heard ref- referred to as the, um, like the denial phase that, that yes. you go through that. Oh no, this is not happening. This is not real. And, and, and then it, that's oftentimes followed by the, they the, say the anger you get, you know, just completely upset with the world to use a, a, a socially acceptable word. Um, and, or, and then, uh, after that comes maybe the depression phase that I've, I've heard referred to that maybe you were in there that, that it was sort of like, you're, you're, you are you you do not want to be rushed through your, your personal feeling bad about the loss, you know, basically by going out and trying to be happy all of a sudden, because right. you have to go through that phase essentially and i'm just kind of thinking that that maybe those those kinds of things are are uh, are something that we can all sort of somewhat expect but but not to have any sort of a a time frame on like we can get through each of them in in seconds perhaps even if we're Mm. if we're aware of these processes um but uh but that it that it always ends up somewhere and do you have a, a an out like an end destination of where where the 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 where you would get to or what, how, how would you describe that um, when you were willing to go out, what was that, that experience like when you were felt finally free to, to, to accept her invitations?
3: I wish I could, I wish I could tell you Uh, it's different for everybody. I don't know where I was at at that time, Uh but I just felt, I felt like I could risk taking a chance and going out. And so you're right. There's processes that everyone goes through. I'm cautious about saying you go through this first and then this right. and then oh, yeah. because everyone yeah. has a different experience. Oh yeah. And you're right. Some yeah. people might get through it really short amount of time, and grief doesn't go away. Grief like quiets down, and mm-hmm. then there's another loss and it resurges. And then, then it quiets down, there's another loss, and it resurges. So we never get over the loss of whatever it is, but it transforms into something else. So it's the process of understanding that being able to let go, being able to see something new emerge from it, like that, yes, there was a loss, but something new emerges.
1: Interesting. You know, I heard an analogy once that if you imagine grief is like a red ball and when it first happens and you know, it's inside of a box and it fills up the whole box and the box is life. But then as time moves forward, the ball itself doesn't get smaller. It's that life, the box gets bigger. And so it still bounces around in there, but life begins to expand and give it more room and and that kind of thing. And I always thought that was such an interesting analogy because up to then I'd always thought of, well, grief will go away eventually, but I'd keep getting waves of it. And still there are moments, you know, there's waves of it, a memory surfaces and you feel that little pang or something. It's like, Oh, the ball just bounced off the side of the box. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly.
3: Someone explained that same thing to me about the heart. Mm. That, you know, I I said to a friend, I I was brokenhearted, and they said, well, what they found in their grief is that their heart just got bigger, and Mm. that you get bigger to encompass the Mm. grief, grief, and then bigger to encompass the experiences, and it gets bigger over time.
1: Wow. So why is it then as we move through grief that it's so hard to let go, especially at the beginning?
3: Yeah, letting go is really hard, because that's our safety. That's where we feel safe and secure. And look at what we, look what happened in the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Everything that we knew, we had to let go of. And so we had to, we had to look and see, where am I at, and be able and willing to let go. It's because it's, we're afraid of uncertainty. We're uh, the fear of the unknown. Uh, We like to be comfortable and it was comfortable the way it was. I don't want to do something new. I don't want to take a risk. And so anytime we're faced with letting go, we have to face these different parts of us that want to say, yeah, I'm not ready yet. And but again, if we're mindful, if we can be aware, we can say, "Okay, I see I'm afraid. I see that I am uncertain about what's going to happen. What can I do to shift that? What can I do to transform that? And then be able to take those steps so we feel more comfortable and we can take, even if they're baby steps, to take steps to letting go more and more.
1: Wow. And those are some really great questions that we want to be able to dive deeper into, but we are going to need to take a quick, short break here. Uh, in just a moment. But before we go, we do have a couple of quick reminders. Uh, Just to remember to visit riseandshineasone.com and click on that online concert. I can guarantee you it's going to be a fun way if you're in a grief or depressive state that we can add a little bright spot in in your week for you and your family. Uh, And those tickets are available, like I said, when you get them online. Even if you can't make the time, it gives you the replay link. So definitely make sure you, you claim yours.
2: And as our musical interlude for the week, um, I'll preface that with a little story. A few years back I was attending, it's actually, it was the church that uh, we met at Christine. We were living Richmond center back in the day. Right. And, uh, and I, was invited as a part of the music ministry there to uh, come up with a song called What Would Love Do Now? Mary Morrissey was the minister, and she was wanting to have that song available. And so I don't know if anyone else came up with a version of it, but uh, when we get back, I will be sharing with you my version of what would love do now which it seems to me is more fitting now and today and under these circumstances than ever before so hope you enjoy that when we get back coming up right after this
0: In our changing world, how can you protect the self-esteem, confidence, and dreams of the children you love in just five minutes a day, even from a distance? To learn more about Uncle Mark's Best Indie Book Award-winning kids' book, his music, and resources to support families, visit truesunbeam.com. And if you're an author or musician with a similar mission, learn how to be a guest on the Rise and Shine radio show. Visit Uncle Mark at truesunbeam.com. Are you a woman who's tired of staying silent and people-pleasing at the expense of your own health, wealth, and happiness? Discover the roadmap to self-confidence and freedom in Laurieann Rising's international award-winning book, You, Rising, Reclaim Your Life, Live Your Purpose. And if you're an author whose nonfiction or memoir makes a powerful difference, you're invited to be a guest on the Rise and Shine radio show. For books, resources, and show details, visit Laurieannrising.com.
2: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
4: When the skies grow more cloudy than blue, When I see my worst fear coming true When the dream I believed in just seems to be fading from view When the lines of the battle are drawn When I don't know how I can go on In the words of one question, my closest connection From within us awaits such a gift to be found By asking what love will do now In the times when the road's got rough I felt chained in my pain long enough With freedom here waiting on myself Bye.
1: Welcome back. You're listening to Rise and Shine, not Not just just for for mornings mornings anymore. anymore. (laughs) And you just heard What Would Love Do Now, uh, written and sung by our very own Uncle Mark. And I have to say, I am absolutely spoiled because I get to hear him practicing his songs and playing these often. Uh, But you have the opportunity to hear these as well this week. So make sure you get your tickets to that Rise and Shine concert.
2: And we are here today with Christine Green, talking about the art of letting go, grief, change, and the new normal. And so we're up to asking the question here, how can we remain positive when things look bleak? Not that that applies or anything to to, today, but...
1: Oh, very
3: much. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I just have to say that is such a beautiful song and what you just did is a great way to stay positive is music is really important Mm. and um you uncle mark that's what you do so so having that (laughs) thank you christine yeah having that uh those resources to find the music that touches your heart that music is a great way to lift us up to change and shift our energy so music is very powerful um and it may be A a kind of a chant, it may be meditative music, it may be uplifting music. You find what feeds your soul. Another way is gratitude. Find the simplest thing to be grateful for. When we're grateful, spiritual principle, whatever we're grateful for increases. So when we're able to find gratitude for one thing, it, it shifts us and changes us. Then we're able to see more gratitude, and it opens our heart. So we see different things, we're open to different things. So those are just a couple. And the hardest thing I think is to call a friend and say, hey, I'm having a rough time. So if we can start with ourselves, what will lift me up? And I suggest to my clients that they make a list of what those things are. What are the things that lift you up? It could be smelling fresh flowers having fresh flowers in the house, having uh, a stuffed teddy bear nearby, a stuffed animal to hug, um, listening to music. You find those things and you know, that's your go-to place. When I'm feeling down, there's my go-to place that I'm going to connect with.
4: Mm.
2: I so love that. And I would just have to jump in. And one of the things that I have incorporated into my true sunbeam book, I think you're aware of is the, the practice of ending the day by looking back over the day and picking out one of the best moments that you experienced. So, and, and, and the idea I, I wish I would have learned earlier on in my life is to have that consistent focus of of, okay, was this the best moment or was that the best moment? It's like so you know, so you're 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 always kind of gauging of of what was what one thing was better than the other instead of like ending the day thinking, oh man, this was you know, that that one thing that that so and so said just devastated me. And then you go to sleep on that and dream about it or whatever. But to have the idea of going to sleep with something really positive and like you're saying, something to be grateful for is I think absolutely critical. So,
1: yeah, definitely. Thank you. And I love the suggestion of making a list and having that available somewhere for those really challenging days because I remember you know that the process of letting my kids go when they decided to divorce me, I mean there were just days where it it was almost like all I could feel was grief and i had to give myself permission sometimes to like it's okay to be happy too it was a very strange and mixed sort of process to work through so i'm curious how can people really deal with these emotions that almost sometimes feel so immense like we might drown in them you know is it, how do you manage that or move through it or, or even release it at some point.
3: Yeah. Thanks, Laurie. And thanks for sharing. I know that you walked through quite an experience Mm -hmm. and thank you for saying about having the courage, having the courage to be happy. And so what happens, I'll go back to mindfulness because when we're mindful and we have emotions, we can identify emotions. So imagine You are experiencing uh, something and you don't know why and you don't know what. And so you just kind of spin. So you're just spinning in the emotion. But when you're mindful and you have the emotion, you say, oh, I'm feeling really sad today and really angry about things that are going on in my life. And so once you acknowledge it, you can begin to shift it. But when we don't acknowledge it, it it takes control of us.
4: Mm, Are emotions
3: managing me or am I managing my emotions?
4: Mm. So the
3: more aware I am, I can take charge. I can manage my emotions. So that's the first thing is to be aware of emotions, to acknowledge them, allow them to happen and to accept them.
2: Well, and that's the challenge, though, isn't it? I mean, we're we've been walking around in this distraction mode consciousness for decades now, right? I mean, when we feel something, what do we do? We hit to the refrigerator, or we turn on the television, or you know, we have so many habitual ways of avoiding that knowing in our right. you know our 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 culture. That's just that we're, you know, and so but so the idea i think of actually facing those those challenges that we've been you know so so systematically avoiding is is almost you know would be a daunting project for somebody and um that we would be worrying about and i I, you know what would happen next right and so uh, how do you stop really
1: i'm one of those people that ruminates like a pro I mean, I, and I'm real clear that I do that. And so I, I get it when you're saying you have to disrupt that and be mindful of it and catch yourself. And, yeah. you know, I'm curious, are what other types of tools and things can we use to really stop worrying, especially if we don't know what the future might hold or things have become kind of feeling unstable? And, you know, how do we reclaim that stability? Uh, so,
3: emotion is energy in motion. So, and if we begin to look at it, so it's energy that I'm feeling. So, if I can look at it that way, and emotion is giving me information about what I'm thinking, and so if I begin to unpack it that way and look at it, then when the emotion comes up, I can be aware of it. I can connect with it. I can oh this is sadness. I see. I can I can I can accept this for the moment and move through it. I know that I'll move through it. So you have to again, you have to have the tools ahead of time. It's really hard if you don't have the tools. That's one of the things I teach is spiritual practice that every day we have to have practice. We practice our whether it's meditation, listening to music, spiritual reading, something that where you're connecting with your heart and the heart is really important in all of this, that science is figuring out so much knowledge comes from the heart and there's such a connection with the heart and the brain Mm -hmm. and heart math is all about that. It's having that greater understanding of what is available What's going on in my heart? Because that's telling my brain what to do. Mm -hmm. So the more we can be aware, then we can begin to make that connection. And so with the heart is if you put your hands on your heart and breathe. Mm -hmm. A simple technique like that can calm the emotion, can make that connection between the head and the heart. Right there, we've done that. And you can, you can expand on that. You can put your hand on your heart and remember a time where you felt loved. Remember a time when you felt joy. Again, in that moment, we made the connection with the heart and the head. And so that begins to shift the emotions. So we're always thinking, I've got to figure this out, right? Mm -hmm. What's the, what's the plan? I've got to figure this out to the heart breathing is powerful making that connection with touching the heart is powerful
2: okay mm-hmm. and is there uh, uh these these are the tools that you're referring to right these these like like the breathing and the and your hands on the heart those mm-hmm. so okay now in your book do you have other tools like this that you walk people through that that or, or a list of these kinds of tools. I mean, I, I, I want more tools. I, I'm a tool guy. <laughs> I, I, I like tools. So, so, so hand me a tool. I'll be fine. I'll feel much better. I'll be able to sleep at night, but you know take my tools and we may have problems so uh but so so really i'm i'm all about the tools so okay
3: so yes in my book i have journaling tools i have prayers i have exercises so yes to look at what is it that i can move through but there there's 3 and i i started on the first two there's 3 tools today i'm sharing how you can move through change so the first one's we already talked about is pay attention to your emotions And there's three under the emotions, acknowledge, allow and accept that if I can acknowledge my emotions, allow them to happen and accept and move into acceptance, then I'm aware of my emotions. I can move through that. The second is access the intelligence of the heart. So we just did that by touching the heart or tapping the heart. Uh-huh. Um, doing the practice of tapping. Many people uh-huh. have done EFT, emotional freedom technique or tapping. When you do that tapping, you're activating that. So in and then remember and in that, remember a time you felt loved, remember a time you felt joy. Remember a time that you were connected. That's making a big impact on that. And the third is visualize the results. The number one question mm. I ask, what do you want? What are is the result that you want to see? One of the things with the virus and the pandemic that drives me crazy is they the news people keep showing the coronavirus, keep showing us the picture on the news mm-hmm. of the big red spiky ball of the coronavirus. So they're showing that. Over, over and, and over, over again.
2: And over, exactly. Right.
3: So I I looked into it and there's something that is called leukocytes. Well, leukocytes are the good cells that when the coronavirus comes into a healthy body and the leukocytes are the good cells, the leukocytes surround the coronavirus and they protect it. So it can't do anything. That's why some people get sick and some people don't even know they have
2: i am i am full of leukocytes i i just i hadn't <laughs> i hadn't said that publicly yet but uh, I, I i did want to admit that here that i am actually a lo- i'm loaded with leukocytes so, so thank you thank well, you, you for you giving me the word I knew, know, that, I knew that <laughs> I knew. oh thank you very sweet of you uh-huh.
3: That's exactly it. The problem with leukocytes is they're clear. So what I did, I, I don't have it here today, but I took a Ziploc bag and imagine that the coronavirus comes in with well, the leukocytes. is like a Ziploc bag and is zipping it closed and it can't do anything. It's just floating around and it can't do anything. And oh, wow. so visualize, what do you want? You want a healthy body. You want love in your life. You want joy in your life. What is that look like? What does it feel like? Focus on that because it's really easy, right, Lori? Because I do the same thing. Oh, yeah. It's really easy
1: to focus on what I don't want. Oh, yeah. So I think we, the brain is really kind of... If, if My understanding is that the fear-based primal instinct can really easily override because it's a survival instinct. And so it's it's more of a lifelong practice to take control back and i really appreciate these tools
2: but doesn't it just come down to to the fact that we are creative we are always constantly nothing but creative and if we have the input going on that the the image that we have is that coronavirus Instead of having the image of the coronavirus in the Ziploc bag, which is now my, my, every time I, that's going to be my, (laughs) my Lucas site image. So uh, that's, it's like, we are constantly going to be creating something Mm -hmm. and what's your choice in this moment, I think is what it comes down to, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Wouldn't you say?
3: Exactly. So I ask my clients every time, what do you want? And what do you think they say? I don't know. I don't
2: know. Okay. How do
3: you, how did you know that? That's the answer. <laughs> that's, that's, I'm called, Everybody I'm, has I'm, exactly. because we're, we are afraid to ask for what we want. We don't believe it can happen. We have all kinds of shame, guilt that it's not okay to ask for all this stuff is going on. If you develop that tool, you want a tool, Uncle Mark, here's your tool. <laughs> okay, what, I'm ready. What do you want? Look at what you see as the potential, what you see as the future, what you see as going, going forward. The uni- Another universal principle is whatever I put my attention on increases.
4: Mm-hmm
3: whatever i put my attention on increases what do we do when we turn on the news mm-hmm. all they yeah. do is put attention on everything that's not happening
2: all, Ever, the all the
3: bad stuff that's happening right not the good stuff
2: right so right. we I- that, that question, like you're, you're saying, I, I think it's so important that, that what you're saying basically is what question are you asking of the universe now? Exactly. And And so so, so my mind keeps coming back. I'm trying to keep it coming back to, what would love do now? <laughs> you, you know, one of those things. Yes.
1: <laughs> you know, I have to admit though, when it comes to relationships and maybe it's because of my own experience, but if going through that grief, letting my kids go if somebody was asking me, what do I want? I would keep going back to, but I want this to work. I want them in my life. And I would still say that I want them in my life. I want to work this out, but I still had to go through the process of letting go. So, you know, some of it we have to maybe redefine or I'm, I'm not sure really, because it, in relationships, sometimes even when they're unhealthy, we have a really difficult time letting those go. So, why do we do that and how do we shift it? It goes back
3: to what we talked about earlier. We're afraid to let go. We're afraid of the uncertainty. We're afraid to take a risk. We're afraid of what's going to happen next. That was my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. So we tend to hang on to that. And that's the, you're right, Lori, that's the vision we have. And so maybe we, we're we not ready to have a new vision yet. So I can, I just have great compassion cuz i don't even know how you would get through with what you did so you don't have to have a picture of what that's going to look like without my children but what but i'm willing to see love in a new way what would love look like i'm willing to see it in a new way i don't need to know how i don't need to know what but i'm willing to be open and and saying i'm willing is a huge step because sometimes we can't say I am healthy, I am prosperous. Right. We can say I'm willing. We've crossed over that that place from no to possibilities, mm-hmm. and that's where we want to be. We want to be in that place of possibility, and so just having the the I, we call it qualities of God or qualities of good like love, joy, peace freedom abundance you claim one of those you don't have to know what it looks like but you just claim i claim love now i don't know what what it looks like but i can begin to feel it i can begin to go back to what it felt like before maybe an experience with um what here's i was having a rough day i was really low energy and I I was working at home. I wanted to get out of the house and I took my lunch and went to the park and sat in my car and ate my lunch. And this car pulls up next to me and this this couple get out and they they open the back and a dog gets out with nine puppies. (laughs) Nine (laughs) puppies. And I, my heart just, I wasn't tired anymore. And I, I got out of the car and I said, can I pet the puppies? And I bet down and they were all over me. Aww. I was healed in that moment. I was changed because wow. I had that experience of unconditional love. Yep. So you have that now. I remember that. Mm-hmm. I can go, go back to that. You have those moments. That's what you go back to and just focus on. Mm-hmm. I may not know what the future looks like, but I'm willing to feel that love again. I'm willing to have puppy love. I'm willing to have that joy again.
2: That's awesome. And uh, you know, it's in the, um, in what you were saying earlier there, Lori, with the, the the process of getting, I remember we were talking earlier about the grieving process and, and getting through the, the first stages. And, and I think the, the, the key that, that, that I've, picked up along the way is just not to stop in any one particular place if you're if you're in the the challenge or in the the depression or in the anger or or real is it's just to know that that you're moving through something to acceptance this is the the, the grief has a destination and that's that's to this let where the the red ball is is, uh, is, is a very small part of the box instead of taking up the whole box. It's it, that we yeah, that we that we get to that uh, to that p- the puppy love opportunity yeah. that, that we allow ourselves the hit to follow to follow that hit to go to, to have our lunch in the parking lot and and be available for what the, the universe has to offer, right? I mean and
3: so what you're talking about is having faith. Really, having having faith in in life, having faith in the process, having faith that that this too shall pass, that yep. we will get through this. Right now, that you have people that think we're never going to get through this pandemic, and people are saying, "Oh yeah, this will this will get through this. Not only will we get through it, but we will be changed by it." And Absolutely. I started calling this the evolution. It's Mm. just, it looks like a pandemic, but it's an evolution. And when you look at what's happening in the world, the world is evolving so fast and so much is changing. So it's having faith that, yes, I am moving forward. I may not understand it. I may not know how, but I'm moving
2: forward. Absolutely. I'm considering this a family reunion, you know, (laughs) that we're, we're all, on the same page, yes, at the same yes. time, thinking the yes. same ways. It's like, what a, what a phenomenal opportunity for synergy here.
1: Well, right. and I, and I have to interrupt. Oh, I'm sorry, but,
2: but we're having such a great talk. I know okay, We fine.
1: are. Maybe Christine will stay on a little bit <laughs> after for us and, and we can continue it. But right now we're actually getting really close to the Man, end of our time. Hour goes so. And fast. so if listeners okay. want to connect with you, Christine, where can they find you? At my website, revchristine.com. <laughs> okay. Wonderful. And that's, okay. I noticed all three of your books are on there, and there's a number of other resources and stuff as well. So it's definitely yes. worth checking out for sure.
2: Well, we so. should do this again. I, or we should just keep going, maybe. And just uh, have <laughs> it on there. This is, uh, <laughs> oh,
1: uh, well, thank uh, you so much. We uh, really appreciate you. Thank you good. for having me. It's oh, just a goodness.
3: joy to be with you both. Well,
1: well, thank you. Well, we so. we really love doing this show, and it feels important for the times that we're in to be helping each other find new ways to rise and shine from right where we are.
2: So our fan club stands for Family and Friends Action Networking Club, and it's a great way for you to continue going deeper into these conversations while helping us and helping basically keep the show on the air you know mm-hmm. um so right after the show today okay just just make a little mental note right after the show please visit rise and one.com and click on fan club to learn more
1: And while you're there, of course, I do want to let you know to also click on online concert uh, so that you can get your tickets to the Rise and Shine concert that's just two days away. It's this Thursday, June 25th, and I can guarantee you it's going to be a bright spot in the middle of everything. It's family-friendly music, originals by our own Uncle Mark, and each ticket is accessed for the whole family and ensures that you get a replay you can listen to anytime.
2: All right. And so coming up next week, we will be joined by two incredible leaders. We're going to be finding for sure, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> in the in the fight for social justice, this whole thing that's taking over the news and our culture and and our our opportunity here, you know. Uh, so we'll be joined by Pastor JW Matt Hennessy and Reverend David Alexander. Join us as we dive into the discussion about race in America. We'll also be featuring the vocal talent of one amazing musician, LaRonda Steele, and a show you definitely don't want to miss as we do our part in helping create a world that works for everyone. So thank you again, Christine, for joining us today. And thank you, dear listeners, for your ongoing support. We wouldn't be here without you.
1: So until next week,
2: wherever you are,
1: there's always time
2: remembering to rise, rise and, shine. and shine thanks a lot.
0: thank you for listening to rise and shine please join Lorianne rising and Uncle Mark Olmstead for another great show next Tuesday at 3 p.m Eastern time and 12 noon Pacific time on the voice America variety channel until then keep rising and shining it's
4: loud, your side.